and Glad to be with you. Michael, how are you? I'm good. So you're on you a whole bunch of stations, a lot more than we are. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's uh, It's been a, an effort of love, I would say. It's uh, something that started out, uh, a radio program that started out simply because I enjoyed doing radio, and this was about five years ago. I never expected that I would end up on 20 stations. I assume, I'm assuming if somebody, one of our listeners, or one of many of our listeners, want to listen and are not near a station because we have a lot of people listen to us over the, the net, uh, where do they find you on the Internet? Uh, listeners who are not near a station that carries Dialogos Radio can listen online at uh, dialogosmedia.org. That's D-I-A-L-O-G-O-S media.org. And I have an archive of all of the uh, past programs and interviews uh, that have aired on Dialogos Radio on the website. We're going to uh, tweet that out to our guys. We don't have... We have well, we have quite a few followers. We have like two thousand or more, which is pretty good. I mean, there's other people obviously that have. If you're Kim, what does Kardashian have? Two million or something? We're not up to that. But then again, I don't look like her, so we'll we'll do our best with our two thousand. Uh, I have a question for me. I know we we have a million things we could talk about, but we, uh, we had a lot of we have a lot of different people on the show. I mean, we do it every day, and I have you know different guest hosts every day of the week. And it's and it's funny, Michael. The the thing that happened to Greece. There's a lot of uh, people who feel, uh, you know, obviously people didn't pay taxes and people retired too. I mean, you're always going to, I'm going to say some people look at the differences between yourself and another place or another person that has problems. I've always been of the opposite ilk. I look at the similarities and say, there but the grace of God goes me, uh, which gets you a whole different perspective on a lot of things. And it's amazing how I had to, had to I, I mean, I, I, a lot of discussions with a lot of people, and they say, well, they can't pay their debts. I said, do you have any idea that in this in this world, there isn't a person, a place, or a country? Man, there are some people in maybe a few countries, but if you had to pay their debts tomorrow, nobody could. I mean, it's a question of can you finance and enroll them? And and you know what? There isn't a general, to me anyway, there doesn't seem to be a general knowledge of how that works. I mean, Greece obviously was in trouble, still are, uh, but by the same token, nobody can pay anything. Could, could actually pay any percentage of their current debt if it was came due tomorrow. I mean, uh, I'm not saying they might have not have been the worst or maybe they lied to get in the you know the, the ECB in the first place. I mean there's not there's things there to be critical about, but there's also a lot of sympathy as well. I mean or am I totally off base on this? Well uh you made a lot of good points. Uh and I'll mention a few things that many times are lost in the uh, narrative that is heard about Greece. First of all uh, one thing that is heard about Greece very often is that the Greek people lived beyond their means, uh, that they were spending more than they could afford all these years. And that is one of the many myths about the crisis, because if you look at the statistics, uh, the official statistics from the OECD, uh, Greece may have a very high uh, public debt, a national debt, but Greece's private debt levels were and remain among the very lowest in the European Union, which means that the Greek people themselves were not living beyond their means. In fact, they were living much more within their means than pretty much any other uh, European country. So that is one of the things that is really lost in the uh, narrative that is heard about Greece, the fact that the Greek people are not responsible for this debt, in fact, that they were living uh, much more responsibly than many other Europeans. Okay, a quick question, because, again, this is not one that's not normally asked. When you talk about the, the national debt, does Greece have, uh, let's, let's say, pile it on, like state debt, county debt, city debt, 
school district debt in addition to that, or is it pretty much all national debt? It's pretty much all national debt. It's a different system of governance in Greece than the uh, federal system that, we, that uh, exists in the United States. Uh, and one thing that should be mentioned about the national debt as well is that when the crisis began in 2010, uh, the debt as a percentage of Greece's GDP was not that much higher than some other European countries today, such as Belgium, such as Ireland, uh, and a few others. Uh, and certainly not much higher than the percentage that we see today in uh, the United States also. Uh, so Greece is, and we, we were told that Greece's debt was unsustainable despite that. What we weren't being told is that in 2009 and in 2010, uh, Greece's statistical authority called ELSTAT uh, led by someone by the name of Andreas Yorgiu, the president of Elstat, a former IMF employee, uh, actually falsified to a great extent Greece's debt and deficit figures. And by falsifying, they actually made these figures look worse than they actually were. They made the debt look worse than it actually was, and they made the deficit look worse. They did this by using different accounting practices and those that are generally accepted to calculate a national debt or deficit. And what the end goal of this was, was to drag Greece under the supervision of the so-called Troika, the IMF, the European uh, Commission and the European Central Bank. Uh, and this actually led to criminal charges against the president of, of Elstat, Andreas Yorgiu. These charges were filed in uh, January of 2013, I believe, and there was an investigation which followed. Uh, but recently, uh, the charges against Yorgiu were dropped. So this was a couple of weeks ago by the Syriza government, which had promised prior to the elections that it would uh, go after uh, Yorgiu and would go after the uh, the whole scandal with Elstat. And this is not just some conspiracy theory. Even Dominique Strauss-Kahn, who the, the former president of the IMF, uh, who was ousted after his uh, sex scandal, he actually admitted in an interview on TV that he was in talks with the uh, uh, former Prime Minister of Greece, uh, George Papandreou, in, uh, as early as April 2009. And Papandreou didn't come to power until the autumn of 2009. So they were in talks even before Papandreou uh, was uh, elected. And the talks were about bringing Greece under this IMF and EU mechanism. And that's exactly what happened once Papandreou came to power. Well, you, can't, you, can't, you can't be honestly thinking that in any country, Greece, U.S., Greece, anybody, the criminal justice system could ever be used for something other than justice, would you? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of uh, injustice, one could say, in the uh, Greek justice system. In fact, just, just today, just a few minutes ago, before the interview began, I was reading about another case involving uh, the former finance minister of Greece, uh, Yanos Papandoniou, and he was actually the finance minister at the time when Greece entered the euro uh, over a decade ago, uh, and there were charges against him uh, for falsifying essentially his tax returns a few years ago. And he was issued, along with his uh, wife, uh, they were both issued a four-year suspended jail sentence, which in fact can be appealed and can also be bought out at 10 euros per day. Uh, there's other cases where the current government, the current Syriza government, has actually refused to pursue criminal investigations against uh, former politicians and ministers. And one example is that of yet another former finance minister, Yanis Turunaras. 
He was the finance minister under the previous coalition government in Greece, and now he's the president of the Central Bank of Greece. And uh, not only does he remain in the position of president of the uh, Central Bank of Greece, uh, but Syriza refused to file any uh, any charges against him or to launch any criminal investigation against him for his actions in uh, passing many of these austerity measures during his tenure as uh, finance minister in the previous government. You sure these guys aren't all from Chicago? <laughs> It's funny you mention that because there's been so many comparisons that I've heard between uh, Greek politics and Chicago politics, and honestly, I don't think that those uh, uh, that, that those comparisons are too far off base. I have a question for you. Um, we're going to break about a minute and a half. Uh, the the plan now, uh, where they're they're getting money from, like you say, the the the, the three Nenakers essentially, the IMF, the Commission, and the East, and the European Central Bank. The idea that one's going to give money every once in a while, that Greece essentially writes checks out to the other two, calls them interest, the loan goes up, they claim it's, they claim it's a uh, performing loan. That, to me, is a formula that's going nowhere. I mean, am I the only one who thinks that or what? I, I think not. Uh, you're absolutely right. It is a formula that's going nowhere, and we need to look no further than the past five years and the fact that ever since the first so-called bailout of Greece in 2010. Greece's public debt has skyrocketed. Uh, it was at around 108% of GDP, if I'm not mistaken, in 2010. Now it's over 175% and rising with this latest austerity agreement that was made with the uh, the so-called Troika. Um, and basically, what we call... We're going to head off the break, buddy. Can you, can you hang with us for a little bit? Yes, absolutely. We're, 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 we're butchering the pronunciation of your last name. Never that is. Oh, we're close. <laughs> it's better than me trying to struggle through the uh, the Asian names that it was that I get. <laughs> I'm like, God, well, you know, my my name is never. I don't think my name is uh, spelled H A U G H. I'm going to say it's been pronounced correctly three times out of four million in my lifetime. The first person. That, yeah. Hagog. No, it's how. Okay, fine. So you're not alone, Michael, on this one. Hey, what, do you, what do you think if you look forward and not just uh, look at the Greece? And again, I, I said I'm I, uh, one of these weird ducks that looks at similarities between stuff. I, I mean, I'm seeing Greece, I'm seeing Puerto Rico, I'm seeing the Chicago public school system, I'm seeing Illinois. You know, you see. I mean, what is what is the end game for all this? Is it, it going to be finally people, some adult in the room, someplace, if you ever find one, saying, "Hey, look it, we're writing all this stuff down, 30 or 35 percent, and we're start over, or 40 or whatever it is." Because people aren't going to pay it. I mean, I mean they're and whether it's excessive pensions, whether it's something, whether it's something. I don't – there's total debt load. I mean, you look at the uh, average U.S. citizen. I know we're talking about Greece. The average debt load is, what, 80000 a person? You know what? It ain't happening. You know, it's just – I mean, there's my south side English, but it ain't happening. I and mean, then the person making uh, 35000 a year on average is not going to turn around and pay $80,000 in debt any time in my lifetime for sure. Where, where, where do you see the end game of this? Well, there's a political endgame and there's an economic endgame. I think in terms of the politics, right now Syriza, uh, the main governing party, is a party that is uh, suffering from an internal crisis. There's uh, divisions within the party. And even more so, there's divisions amongst many of the people that voted for Syriza because they did so uh, believing in all these promises that austerity would end, that the crisis would end, that many of the 
the austerity measures that were passed over the past five years would be reversed, and none of that has happened. So there's a lot of disenchantment among the voters. In, economically speaking, uh, the debt, the national debt of Greece is absolutely unsustainable, and uh, the results of the recent debt audit commission that was organized in Greece find that most of Greece's national debt is in fact illegal and illegitimate and odious and must not be paid back. And in fact, repaying much of this debt would be a violation of the, uh, the, the, the human rights of the Greek people. So at some point, something's going to have to give. Uh, there's going to have to be, at the very least, a significant write-down of this national debt. And much of this debt isn't even principal. It's just interest and more interest that's compounding on that interest. So much of this is going to have to be written off whether this happens uh, on the part of the uh, the so-called Troika or whether some government is going to come in that is finally going to put its foot down and, and make a unilateral action remains to be seen. But this is something that needs to happen. And I think the other thing that is uh, going to be unavoidable is uh, the so-called Grexit, Greece leaving the Eurozone and returning to a national currency. Uh, and the way that uh, this w should happen um, in terms of what would be favorable for Greece is in term would be if a government comes in uh, with a plan and there are many plans out there from Greek and international economists as to how Greece or any other country could manage a Eurozone exit to come in and to manage an orderly exit from the uh, from the Eurozone and not with a parallel currency which is what we have been hearing uh, recently from the likes of uh, the former finance minister Yanis Varoufakis and also from some voices in Europe but a clean break with the Euro no parallel currency but instead a unified single national currency it could be the drachma, it could be the new drachma, a new currency that would not be floated in the international marketplace at first. This would prevent a catastrophic devaluation of the currency, which is one of the main arguments against returning to uh, to a national currency. Um, and this would go hand in hand with a uh, with a write down or a write off of uh, much of the Greek debt. Um, and there's other uh, aspects of uh, various plans that I have read from various economists as to how, uh, as to other actions that could take place as well with the return to a national currency. That includes the nationalization of Greece's banking system, which right now it's essentially the banking system is essentially nationalized anyway. It's surviving based on uh, money that it's receiving uh, from the so-called bailouts. Uh, the, the banks themselves are not solvent. Uh, so the Greek state, in the event of a Brexit, would have to take over these banks uh, and to take over the foreign currency reserves as well, because this would allow Greece to continue importing things such as oil and other other goods that it does not produce. Michael, can I ask you? We you mentioned a little, a little ways back uh, that um, that the debt is uh, a not legal and maybe against you know, human rights stuff. And my my question is. Uh, Again, I'm comparing Greece to Chicago. <laughs> we get it every day. Uh, there's all kinds of, and I'll use the term crap here, uh, parking deal, parking meter deal, shady. Uh, you know, Congress didn't even, or no, Congress, the uh, aldermen didn't even read it. They only had two hours to read it. The Chicago Skyway deal, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of stuff that you would want to do where you'd like these former politicians, you know, in the middle of the square and stocks, people winging tomatoes at them. But there's no way on earth you could call it illegal because they, I mean, they they were, for lack of a better term, they were dutifully elected. They had the legal ability. How would you say? I mean, it might have. I mean, maybe you could discover some fraud, in which case that would, 
you know, maybe trip some of the legality. But I never, I mean, I, as much as I hate it, and as much as I can't stand the people who did it, I don't see how it could possibly be considered illegal. I mean, where, where are you coming, where are you getting that one? Well, this comes straight from the uh, the Debt Audit Commission that was convened in Greece. Uh, international law has uh, very specific parameters as to what is considered illegal debt, what is considered illegitimate debt, what is considered odious debt. But basically what it boils down to, to put it very simply, is debt that was basically incurred uh, by a nation and placed on the shoulders of that nation's taxpayers uh, that did not go toward the benefit of that nation. So to give one very basic example, uh, previous governments in Greece made deals to purchase military equipment from Germany and France and the U.S. and Britain and so forth. They would purchase, for instance, uh, submarines or fighter jets that were defective, that did not actually work, or that in many cases were not actually delivered to Greece. So this was money that was spent on military equipment that was either faulty or which was never delivered. The debt uh, was added to the national debt. This is debt that the Greek people now have to shoulder. Um, but it, it was spent on items that were never actually used for the benefit of Greece uh, in, in, in the economy and the national defense and so forth. So. Uh, this was all investigated by the uh, the Debt Audit Commission, and this falls very much within uh, what international law considers to be an illegitimate or an odious debt. Uh, so that's one example. Michael, I'll tell you what, I am so with you on that, I just don't know. Well, what do you think would happen, again, using my example, but back the last 20 years and the amount of debt Chicago's put out, and you look at the money they paid to a certain contractor that concrete, the concrete was no good. But I mean, I, I, if you start going down that road, what good does it get you? I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's just a lot of work. I mean, I, I, mean, it, I think it, it's, it's work not, worth doing. It, it, yeah. it is. Maybe so it never happens again, but don't think you're going to get any money back. Well, here's the thing. I know exactly what Michael's talking oh, about. I know. Is that because you won't really see this covered in U.S. I agree. For I agree. a reason. You don't want people knowing about the concept of odious pets. Oh, oh, God, no. Yeah. But I mean, I, I I don't know how it gets you any more. I don't know how it gets you any more money, though. I guess is my question. Probably doesn't have to go. I mean, if, if you find out you gave too much money to a contractor 20 years ago and the guy's dead, what, what is it? I guess what I'm saying. Well, you're right off the bat. In terms of practicality, what do you, what do you do with it? Well, one advantage of the, that a, a sovereign government has, uh, such as Greece. Uh, compared to a municipal government is is that very word that I mentioned sovereignty national sovereignty uh, and I'll give a very uh, an example that's ignored very often by uh, much of the media the example of Iceland. This is the reason I'm bringing it back, buddy. We have to we have to take off, but I think we need, we get, I'd love to pursue this. So hopefully, can you come back one of these days? Absolutely, anytime. All right, man. Thank Tell you. Tell us where we can uh, yeah catch you again. Again, again so where, where, where we get you. Okay, wonderful. I'd be, uh, I'll be glad to be back on. Dialogusmedia.org. Uh, and you and can uh, follow him on Twitter at, at Dialogusmedia. And we're going to put this on our site. Michael, thank you very much, buddy.